Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Break it out, news of the day, my contributor, none other than Ravana, host of Reactions, a Twitch exclusive. Should be a remarkable breakdown, very insightful analyst. Okay, top story of the day, Donald Trump's lawyers, they know Trump is going to be indicted. They are concerned, they are worried that Donald Trump will in fact be indicted either by the Department of Justice or the Fulton County Grand Jury in the state of Georgia, or perhaps both. Let me give you some background to this. Former President Donald Trump's attorneys are reportedly worried about his legal exposure in the Department of Justice's probe into his actions leading up to and during the January 6th Capitol riots. Now, I've been saying from day one that the most compelling legal issue or the most dynamic criminal action of Donald Trump was actually the Electoral College scheme. So while yes, I do absolutely believe that what Trump did during the speech to animate violence against the United States Capitol was in fact criminal. And I think he will be held responsible for that in a civil court. I do not think it is as clear cut criminally as the Electoral College scheme. The reason why I say the Electoral College scheme is more clear cut in the statutory sense is because literally you have a conspiracy to sign affidavits under penalty of perjury. You see, these affidavits literally have a signature that say, I swear and affirm under penalty of perjury, which is a crime, that my statements are true. Well, what are the statements? The statements from these fake electors say that they in fact are the legitimate electors from that particular state. And they sent these affidavits to DC in order to be certified by the Vice President of the United States per constitutional mandate. Well, that is a crime, they signed a false affidavit. Number two, if you can prove that Eastman, the attorney, and Giuliani, the attorney, were part of a criminal conspiracy in order to do this, which by the way, there's enough public evidence to say yes, they were. Now you have a criminal conspiracy dynamic. And if you can show that Donald Trump was complicit, protected, promoted, was aware and aided in that criminal conduct. You now have the President of the United States, Donald Trump involved in the criminal conspiracy. It doesn't matter if he came up with it or not. I don't think Trump came up with the idea personally. I think Eastman did. However, that is not the prerequisite to be involved in a criminal conspiracy. There's more. CNN crime and justice reporter, Caitlin Palance on Friday discussed the direct contact made in recent days between the Department of Justice and Trump's legal team. And she said the conversation revolved around the invocation of executive privilege regarding conversations White House lawyers had with Trump about various actions he wanted to take after he lost the 2020 election to President Joe Biden. We can only speculate as to the details of these potential privileges or executive privileges that Donald Trump was about to utilize. Perhaps they included pardons. Also, perhaps it included members of Secret Service, members of the Pentagon who may have been complicit in the idea. Remember, I have said, I have concluded, I no longer believe that Secret Service deleted text messages to protect a former president. I no longer believe 
that the officials at the Pentagon had a massive protocol to delete their text messages to protect a former president of the United States. I think Secret Service deleted text messages to protect Secret Service. I think the Pentagon deleted text messages to protect the Pentagon. I believe this attempt to coup was much deeper than any of us ever imagined. There's more. According to the CNN crime and justice reporter, she said that some witnesses subpoenaed by the DOJ to testify have not been willing at this time to talk about direct conversations they had or witnessed with Trump, which is forcing the DOJ to go to court to compel their testimony. This reporter also said that also said that disputes have broken out between Trump and his legal team about his efforts to contact witnesses who are being subpoenaed by who? The DOJ. Once again, the same mode, the same operation. Donald Trump was witness tampering during the January 6th committee hearings. He should have been cited for that criminally then. And maybe that's part of the discussion now. But Trump having a battle with his own legal team about continued legal exposure because of his own actions, his own activity. In a contrast, Something that proves we are literally in the twilight zone. Dick Cheney, a noted war criminal himself, has now come out against Donald Trump in a blazing campaign ad supporting his daughter. Here it is. In our nation's 246 year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward, a real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless, she never backs down from a fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do and lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. And she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will too. I'm Liz Cheney and I approve this message. The irony is unreal. I'm a fair man. I appreciate Liz Cheney and her leadership on the January 6th committee. But let's be very clear, she fell out with Donald Trump a long time ago because she wanted to basically bomb every brown country imaginable. She's a warmonger like her father. But when he said a real man would not lie to his supporters, wow. You mean this is coming from the guy who was in the administration that coordinated the lie They said, well, you know, Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Let's send Colin Powell up to make this argument for us. Ah, but he did not have weapons of mass destruction. We colonized the nation, we assassinated a leader and found no weapons of mass destruction. And what was the line from Dick Cheney and his cronies? Oh, well, he was a bad guy anyway. So we still did a good thing here. Let me submit to you the reason why we went into Iraq was not because we thought he had weapons or they had weapons of mass destruction. It was because we knew they did not. All right, Ravana, thoughts here. 
Yeah, another little tidbit of irony coming from that Dick Cheney statement. He's condemning Donald Trump for stealing an election. Dick Cheney is was the vice president of the United States because of a successfully stolen election. Yes. And there was a riot involved, the Brooks Brothers riot. So they weren't wearing MAGA hats, they weren't carrying Trump flags or dressed like Vikings. They were wearing suits, but it was a riot nonetheless. And of course, they sure they used the proper channels to do it. But they still stole an election and they did so successfully. So I don't want to hear another word from him. If I ever hear another word from Dick Cheney again in my life, it'll be too soon. Um, but you know, if one thing this segment has has you know made me believe is that I feel a lot more comfortable with you leading the DOJ, Dr. Ritchie, than <laughs> with Merrick Garland, because you know I I don't have a lot of faith that they're that they're going to handle this properly, that Trump's going to be indicted. Because genuinely, it's been a pretty feckless leadership from the DOJ. It's been really yeah. disappointing. So, and, and I just, I am not holding my breath for this indictment, but I genuinely hope it comes. Yeah, same here. I do believe there's an actual investigation. I do believe they are looking into Trump criminally. But once again, still, that's not the connection. You want the indictment. Right, And then after the indictment, you still gotta have a successful prosecution of that indictment. Um, Garland doesn't seem as if his heart is into it. However, some things politically have shifted with the DOJ. Does that mean it will remain? I do not know. Maybe it's for the sake of temporary politics, that would be a disaster if so. We need to do this and do this the right way. I have an update. Remember I covered a corrupt piece of you know what detective who raped many women, including according to the allegations, a 13 year old child. Put his picture of full mass here. The women that he brutalized, the black women that he brutalized will not be able to sue this cop because of a statute of limitation issue and some other dynamics. So keep his picture up. This individual, his name is Roger Golovsky. Roger was a longtime detective, Kansas City, was accused of sexually assaulting black women and girls. He was also accused of treating them like animals. However, the state statute of limitations stops them from suing this piece of garbage. Now. Legislators all across America, they have actually changed laws in order to capture some individuals who are able to escape this statute or this limitation. They have not changed the law for him. There are some left leaning candidates and elected officials in that legislature who have proposed to do so. It has not happened. Two black women who reportedly were victimized by this detective by an abusive and corrupt retired Kansas City detective are prohibited from taking civil action because of state law. According to reports, Roger Golubsky, a white man, had a thing for black women and he would use his power as a police officer to sexually exploit them. In one instance, he went so far, he decided to frame a woman's son for murder when she rejected his demands for sex, that's part of the record. We know that happened. This is not speculation. There's more. Ophelia Williams, 
told the Kansas City Star, this detective forced himself on her after officers arrested her twin 14 year old boys in 1999. A lawyer during a disposition proceeding asked Williams if she ever called the police. Did you ever call the police, Miss Williams? She said, no, he was the police, exactly. The detective worked for the Kansas City Police Department for 35 years. 35 years, his corruption reigned in that particular office with significant protection. During that time, it reportedly was well known in the department that he would have sex with black female prostitutes and informants and fathered a number of children according to court documents. In the 1980s, he forced Rose McIntyre to perform oral sex to save her boyfriend from a false arrest. He then arrested her son Lamont for double murder after she blocked a second sexual encounter. Rose's son was exonerated after spending 23 years in prison. The courts looked at the case finally and said he committed no crime whatsoever. There's more. The McIntyre's case exposed this detective initially who retired in 2010 as a captain. See, this is what happens. He's corrupt for decades, he doesn't get demoted. He doesn't get charged. He doesn't get walked out of the facility in embarrassment. He gets promotion after promotion after promotion. Here's the great irony of this story and this saga with this corrupt detective. The women that he sexually assaulted, they were locals who literally paid his salary. They were paying for their own oppression by way of government mandate. He was a captain, a leader in their community. There's more. Attorneys for the McIntyre family claiming the lawsuit, the detective preyed on about 70 women. I'm sure that's a severe undercount. He is reportedly facing a grand jury and state investigation. Williams said she hopes he is indicted and sent to prison. So that's the criminal aspect, that criminal aspect is continuing, okay? Lamont and Rose McIntyre, remember the family that he completely turned upside down? Lamont and Rose McIntyre received 12.5 million in a settlement from the unified from the unified government of Wayandette County, Kansas City. Kansas at the end of June, it was a far cry from the nearly 100 million they actually sought. But the state law blocks Williams, whose son was also arrested for, for double murder from suing. Isn't that interesting? He gets over 20 years in prison because of a corrupt cop. All of the judicial system is aware that he spent this time in prison because of the corruption that they allowed. And he's unable to even sue the man who did all of this criminal activity to land him behind bars because of a state statute. There's more. The detective told Williams that he was close with the district attorney and could help her get her sons out of jail, she said. Several days earlier, this detective was with officers when they executed a warrant at her home. He told her she had nice legs and her 12 year old would be just as pretty when she grows up. There's a reason that's part of the story. I'm going to get to that in a moment. 
as he sat with her and talked about aiding her son, he reportedly drew closer to the woman and put his hand on her leg. She stood up and smacked it away, even after seeing his department issue gone. Golubsky pushed Williams on a couch and sexually assaulted her. The sexual abuse continued for about more than a year, according to a 2020 record. Williams said she never reported the assaults because she feared retaliation. She had up to two years to file a sexual assault claim under Kansas law. Williams has since hired attorney William Skepnik, who said there should not be a statute of limitations for breaches of public trust like this. And I agree. Now we'll say this about the statute, okay? In my reading of this particular statute, it actually does not start until there is what's called zero intimidation to report. Let me break it down another way. If there's active intimidation or coercion not to report a particular crime, the statute of limitation basically never starts. Now, I'm not sure why that has not been an angle so far, but typically that's what the courts will uphold in virtually every jurisdiction. That's to stop the public policy nightmare of somebody basically threatening to kill you during the duration of the statute of limitations. There's more. In another deposition, Tina Peterson, remember her name, said she helped numerous, numerous alleged victims while working at a shelter for battered women in the 1980s. He would dump some still undressed when he was done with them, she added. Once again, I'm reminding you, the department was aware of this criminal activity and they still made him captain. Another woman only identified in court documents as SK said this detective started abusing her in 1997 when she was 13, 13 years of age. It continued for four years. Kansas is one of four states, including Arkansas, South Dakota, and Washington, where child victims can sue up until they turn 21 years old. Iowa is the only state with a lower age limit at 19. Numerous legislative attempts to raise or remove this time limit on sexual assault lawsuits have failed. I got more. Laura McDonald. Ms. McDonald. Executive Director of Metro Organization for Racial and Economic Equity said the restrictions are bogus and said they should never exist for rape survivors. So here's the thing, this detective is still living, okay? According to the advocate here, this detective, he's still alive, has a couple of pensions off of the tax dollars that these women earned and paid into. Isn't that something? He's still getting his pension and they know that. McDonald said they're paying for his very survival and he lives in retirement and they've gotten zero justice whatsoever. What kind of system would allow this scumbag to still get multiple pensions while all of this criminal activity is in front of him? That he did. All of the victims across his 35 
year career as a member of law enforcement. Casey said the former lawman called her and said she was a witness to a crime. And she needed to meet with him to absolve herself from wrongdoing. The detective then molested and raped the girl. He allegedly threatened to kill her and harm her if she ever reported it. He told me just keep my mouth shut. And that if I wanted to see my sweet little grandma again, he advised me not to talk to anyone or speak to anyone and basically act as if he did not exist, she said. Or I would be kissing my grandma goodbye and my brother would be doing life in jail. Put up the picture of this evil man, look at him. Let's be very clear, he did not become a police officer and then engage in corruption. He was already corrupt, that's the reason he became a police officer. Do you see that? Because he knew what profession would provide him with the opportunity and protection he needed to be the psychopathic SOB that he is, and he was right. Ravana, thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, it's just a disgusting story, but I mean, it's not it's not a new one. Throughout all of American history, white men have been raping black women and girls to not just exert dominance and power over them, but you know, we I I studied this in my undergrad, wrote about it, particularly after the Civil War. They would do it to establish, you know, dominance over black men. And you see that here because he's He's sexually abusing these women and then putting their sons in jail for crimes they did not commit. Yeah. He's doing it in front of their boyfriends at the at the threat of jailing them. I mean, this is a disgusting, disgusting racist practice. And it is not surprising to see it coming from someone who is in law enforcement. And like you said, he became a cop because he is corrupt, because he wanted the ability to do this with impunity. And that's what he found in a police department that was willing to protect him while knowing that he's engaging in these kinds of crimes. And you know, you can't you can't turn to the victims and say, well, why didn't you report it? Who would she report it to? Who would these women be reporting it to? The police station that's there to protect this man in the position of power. He is the police department. So I know they're arguing that there should be should be no statute of limitations for bringing the civil case because of that betrayal of public trust. I fully agree. I'll take it a step further and I say there should be no statute of limitations on bringing suits against sex criminals in any case because there's so many That's circumstances right. where women are fearful for their lives even without direct threat of you know pushback or or of harm from their abusers. There's a ton, tons and tons of, of circumstances as to why a woman would not report uh, you know, sexual abuse. You know, if she's in an abusive relationship, it's hard to get out of those. The statute of limitations could pass and she might not be able to get that justice that she needs because putting them in jail is one thing, but getting any form of uh, any sort of monetary value to help start repairing the damage that has been done, you know, that that's an important aspect of the justice and and seeing this these states put limitations on minors who were the victims of sex crimes that is a disgusting miscarriage of justice and and yeah, that needs to be addressed that's right and listen it's not as if others cannot do the right thing here that local government they are able to simply make this right if they choose to the state can also through the legislature make this right 
if they choose to without even changing the law. They can make this right directly with these individual victims and they can change the law as well. All right. Fire chief has been exposed racist and homophobic. He is no more in that position and that entire community is looking for new emergency services across the board for fire and rescue. Let's put up his picture full mass here, okay? North Carolina, the commissioners of a North Carolina county voted six to one to terminate its service contract with this particular fire chief, okay? He was accused of making racist and homophobic comments at a Mexican restaurant. An investigation was launched after some of this former chief's remarks were captured on surveillance video. His name is Shannon Worrell, okay? On July 24th, this fire chief and staff members disagreed and on gratuity being added to the restaurant bill saying that he was charged twice since he already left cash on the table. Restaurant manager Adam Velasquez said that his restaurant policy to add gratuity for party six or more. Everybody knows this by the way. The first thing I heard was him talking about my manager and about how he was just a sorry blank, all right? He was sarcastic and he was a piece of you know what? said Brianna Smith, an employee at the restaurant. After a while, he started saying some racial slurs. You should have died whenever you crossed the river over here, he said. We should close the border and send you all back, he continued. Said restaurant manager Velasquez. After that, it kind of got out of hand. So I had to call the cops to try to get him out of here. His wife had come in here and got him out. So this fire chief decided to defend his comments. Let's put up the graphic we have. He decided to defend his comments, including a homophobic remark directed at a same sex couple in an interview on local news. So to the same sex couple, he said, I guarantee y'all didn't make no child. Or he's just going around being his superlative self, obviously. I definitely am not a racist, he said. The fire chief who resigned from his position with the organization on Monday at about 4 p.m. He went on to say, I have multiple friends and family of different walks of life, choices, sexual preferences. (laughs) There it is, that does it. The equivalent of I gave money to Colin Powell back a few years ago, okay? All right, there's more. Uh, This fire chief was caught on camera telling a same sex couple, I guarantee y'all didn't make no child. He says his comments were misunderstood, all right, just misunderstood. I was trying to identify who is the mother, the chief said. Two women cannot be the mother, that is not sexism, it's not homophobic, that's science. As for the racist comments, he says he'll take responsibility whether it be true or not. Oh, well, you know, I wasn't homophobic, I'm just trying to ascertain a scientific dynamic. As far as racist, I just accept responsibility and say, I don't know if I did it or not. Now let's be clear, all right, I was adopted. My mother did not birth me, 
but that's my mama, all right? Okay, there's more. Tempers were flaring on both sides by multiple people, said the fire chief. I do not recall, but I'm not denying. I'm saying I'm sorry for anything said on my behalf, and I have no hard feelings for anything that was said on theirs. Mm, that is that is mighty white privilege of you, Mr. Fachi. Okay. When asked if he was remorseful for the comments, he said, "Of course, not because of homophobic, not because of racism, but because of humanity." The fire chief said, "I feel like you know we're supposed to all get along, regardless of background, sexual preference, ethnic backgrounds, whatever." I mean, he's a regular Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's insanity. Here's why it's important. It's important because this cat was in charge of saving lives that may not look like him. He was in charge of saving lives that may not share his, let's say, sexual orientation preference. He was in charge of saving lives that he is clearly biased against. He deserved exactly what he got to go. Now, I want to know. Who in the hell was the one person that said he needed to stay? I'm researching that. All right. Uh, He did resign from the uh, town before they made an official decision. He saw the writing on the wall. Uh, Contract is over. They have decided to look for a new contract altogether. So everybody that was under his leadership, they're gone too. What's the moral of the story? It doesn't pay to have a boss as a racist. All right. Ravana thoughts. Yeah, I, uh, as a member of the LGBTQ community, love the defense. I'm not homophobic. I know a gay person. I right. could not. I could not yeah. be homophobic. I'm related to somebody who's gay. Just don't, don't, don't think about the the homophobic things I said. Forget about that. Okay. Just think about the fact that I have a relative who's gay. It's just so silly. But I mean, also, you know, gay people have biological children. And you don't have to have a child biologically for that to be your child, for you to be that child's parents. But like, it's clearly extremely ignorant to like pretend that two women cannot be the mother of a child. Like, right. that's it's it's absurd. It's disgusting. But I think that one thing that's really telling about this is that he felt so comfortable doing this that he went out and defended himself. He was like, and I I believe that he probably thinks he did nothing wrong. I believe that he probably thinks there was nothing inappropriate about that encounter, nothing homophobic or racist about that encounter. Because that would require him thinking of himself as a bigot. And this per- he's clearly not gonna do that. It was disgusting and, and he should be ashamed of himself, but he's only uh, you know upset that he lost his job. That's it, and that's what he was trying to defend in the worst way possible. It wasn't that he cared or was actually remorseful. He was trying to save that contract unsuccessful. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Oh, she's dead now. 
this what you deal with nowadays, bro. It's modern day, bro. Not listening. That's crazy, bro. Get baby over here, big up. Oh, she's still going. She's still going. Hey, he let it slide once. If he go, you walk over there. Look at this. Hey, uh, somebody, hey, uh, call the police, bro. Call the police, bro. Somebody need to call the police on this chick, bro. She just walking up, punching these grown-ass men. You about to knock the baby over, shawty? What the f***? Bro, what the f***, dude? Yo, this is sad chat. Get in the car and leave, bro. Chad, walk away, bro. She better not put her hands on my coach, bro. No, that's right, damn it. Put your hands, put her hands on your coat. We're gonna have some problems with Karen, all right? I definitely understand that. I got more video, here it is. Well, she just grabbed this lady here and pulled, hey, why stop recording? She just grabbed this lady here and pulled her to the ground, fam. Trying to fight everybody. Yeah, she going to jail. Oh, damn, she got a, I should have recorded that. Damn, I can't believe I missed that. Okay, I really appreciate the brother providing the uh, narration for us because we did miss some pivotal points. He was able to keep us in the game here to understand exactly the severity of what happened. Let's put up a picture full mass of this Karen in her full Karenicity. Uh, listen, here's a highlight of bias approaches. I want you to imagine a black man or a black woman running around punching people at that facility, grabbing individuals by the hair and abusing a child in the process. Do you think the reaction would have been the same or would the reaction have been different from those who were standing there? Now, I got backstory to this, we'll keep the graphic up. This happened at the Conrad Resorts World Las Vegas. Recorded by UFC fighter, Jamal Hill, who was there to fight over the weekend. Said he and his coach, the bald guy that tried to help, were just sitting out front and Karen got out of the car and started acting this way after an interaction with an employee. We have no record of an arrest being made, even though we have a record of multiple assaults. And once she was told to leave, that became criminal trespass. No arrest. All right. What are your thoughts here, dear sister? 
Yeah, it's funny because Jamal went there that weekend to fight, and so did Karen. Apparently, (laughs) (laughs) she's actually she she was warming up. She was the person he was going to fight. No, um, so for everyone watching, I'm a. I've observed Karens for a while now. So this is a particular type of Karen. This is brunch drunk Karen. This is a few mimosas too many at all you can drink mimosa brunch drunk Karen. Middle of the day <laughs> drunk Karen. And But I mean, there's something so horrifying about this woman just like disregarding the safety and well being of her child because she's so upset about whatever perceived injustice she suffered at the hands of the the person which I honestly would believe that maybe she was getting kicked out of this place for being too drunk in public, which is a feat for Las Vegas. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but it's really sad. It's just watching her kid fall over then the the man's coach goes over to try to help to make sure the child's not you know gonna tip over. And and she keeps going. She tackles some woman, and and I mean, you know, Karens can't help but show their asses. At this Karen did that literally. Yeah, that's right. And here's the thing: once again, we're indisputable. We provide a mirror for reflection and correction. And I got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You catching this? Yeah. I would have had to shoot him. Now, once you get an individual who grabs a damn boomerang to come and attack your vehicle and is insisting on a physical confrontation, you don't know what else this individual is willing to do. The background to this is quite fascinating. Let's put up the picture for mass here, okay? There's an interesting background. So obviously, this guy's in Australia, Victoria, Australia. The unidentified man was ranting about the COVID vaccine during the attack. The COVID vaccine, that's what he was upset about based on his own words. I don't know what to make of this. I'm glad the individuals inside of the vehicle were not physically than what we saw. And obviously they were definitely emotionally disturbed by this entire encounter. And it looked as if the individual on the passenger side was an older gentleman. And I don't understand why would an individual like this unidentified male Karen, why would you want to fight someone who's an older gentleman sitting on the passenger side or sitting on the car, sitting in the car, period? Why would you want to do that? Maybe it was on the driver's side. I know things are different in Australia. Okay, great point of thoughts on this. You got some insight probably. 
Yeah, um, I actually heard that he's the brother of a prominent anti-vax person. And so it may or may not be true, but he's the brother of a prominent anti-vax person in Australia. And they both both kind of famous for using a lot of steroids. Um, But I agree with you, Doc. As soon as he looked at himself in the mirror and then banged his head up against the side view or the yeah the side view mirror, uh, that no, if he gets through the window, I, I, I'm pulling yes. a gun because I'm not gonna let Kangaroo Jack do whatever <laughs> he's about to do. Okay, this is clearly an unwell individual. You know, they're just some, you just can't play games with some people like this. Okay, all right, we got more. On the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. We have a lot of show. Thank you for remaining. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. Greyhound Dragon says, setting a great example for her child, talking about the out of control Karen. A tall glass of shut up juice says, Karen's down under. The guy in the car has balls of steel. That crazy guy would scare the crap out of me. Donald James X, people don't just act like that. Karens are an amazing breed. Anti-Karens unite. You're screaming at employees, Walmart, get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. That's irrelevant. That's not. That's not why I called. Where your husband at? Babe, don't interact with her. If you guys have a lease, I'd just like to see the lease. No, ma'am. No business. For real. No documents. At all. They're like in their thirties. Yes. Yes. The fuck we got to steal something for? Babe, what do we need? Get (laughs) over. Okay, it looks like there's been a misunderstanding. So apparently there's been a misunderstanding. When I was driving by, I saw an individual behind the house. And so I stopped. Profiling. And and all the windows are closed. And it looks... It's potty. The sun is beaming. And so I'm like shocked. And I'm like, okay... And so then I back up and then I see an individual crouched again and I'm like, um, hi, like, what are you doing at my neighbor's house? And then- And I greeted you, didn't I? What's that? And I greeted you, didn't I? So that's when I called 911 because I'm like, okay, like this isn't my neighbor. I have more video um, and the cops did come. Now I would like to highlight a couple of dynamics here, number one, uh, she said, if you guys have a lease agreement, I would like to see it. Once again, the equivalent of what? Asking for your freedom papers. In order for you to be in this community, I need paperwork saying that you're supposed to be where you are. I know I have no authority, uh, but I do because I'm white and privileged. And so you must provide you provide me with a copy of your lease agreement. Who in the hell goes around demanding a copy of a lease agreement other than a Karen. Now she did not realize that day she was actually up against anti-Karens. Here's another dynamic that's really interesting. She said to the 911 operator, there's a misunderstanding. Why are you still on the phone? Why are you still talking about the misunderstanding? 
you now know for sure there is no criminal activity. And here's another thing. You know how many of these Karens claim they are afraid because all of a sudden there's strange activity around them? Does she look afraid to you? If you were afraid, you would not have been doing all of that in front of the people you are scared of. No, you're not afraid, not at all. You just wanted to put someone in their place, so to speak. There's more video, now here comes the cops. He said that he has a lease and now he's got his phone and he's recording me, so I'm, okay. Yeah, cops are here. No. Uh, no, and, and the cops are here. You did all this for somebody that lives here and pays rent here. Yeah. Right. Grown ass man, okay. you driving your car down the street, what's up? Okay. So I guess this woman was harassing my partner. Oh, please. Right. No. Literally called the cops on the you, place you where we live because saw bro. a black man walking the house. Come on, bro. Oh, we can stand right here, bro. To be honest, this well, is my I house. Mean, okay, I just want to separate from her so we can talk. He's on our side without her yelling at us. I do have more. Um, the couple explains the situation um, to one of the responding officers. I want you to see how this cop responds to them. Here it is. What's going on? Uh, I guess she doesn't believe that we live here. We moved here three weeks ago. About three weeks uh, ago. Nat Williamson, Randy Williamson are the property owners. Okay. We have a lease. It's a really weird issue to have. I was standing behind my house, right here. She pulls up, she stops. Okay. Hello, what do you need? I wave, and she pulled off. I heard her car still humming right here. She got a in me in that bitch. She, I heard her car still humming, so I went inside, and I came outside. Okay. And she asked me what I was doing here. I said, I live here. I walked back outside because I peeped through the window and I seen her right here. So I walked back outside and I asked her, did she need something? Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, I do. What are you doing behind my, my neighbor's house? I said, I live here. These neighbors? I don't know. who, But whoever she's talking about. She said, whoever lives here got two kids and they don't. We live here. Excuse me. If you're not listening intently, you may have missed it. But as the black male is explaining, why he can exist. While he's explaining, he uses he uses profanity. The cops are, oh, don't talk no language. Wait a minute. You literally have a citizen who has disrupted your day, Mr. Officer, basically filed a false report through way of a 911 operator. She's the one that has created this ordeal with two innocent individuals. By this time in your investigation, you are aware. And you are telling a grown ass man to stop cursing. Have you heard what your colleagues say, sir? Because I've talked about them on the show, everything from the N word and beyond. Do you correct your cop colleagues like that when they say racist slurs in front of you? Oh, I doubt it. Now you, once again, Another person just wanting to put somebody in their place. I wish a cop would try to tell me what kind of language I can use. All right, Ravana, thoughts on this? Yeah, first I wanna just say directly to my fellow white women, mind your goddamn business. Pray you on. see a black man existing, that's got nothing to do with you. Mind your business. You think, you know, just standing outside, in his yard, nothing to do with you. Keep driving. You don't got to pull over. 
Don't gotta ask what he's doing. None of that. <laughs> you don't have to ask to see the lease, that's for sure. Because who the hell are you? <laughs> what authority do you have <laughs> to think that you can demand someone show you their lease because you saw them and they were black and you thought, what right does a black person have to be in my white neighborhood? It's disgusting, it's racist, and they just, they keep telling on themselves. Yeah, let me do something. All right, let's go to Rayvon a full mass here. Let's go straight to Rayvon. All right, just put up on the screen. White women, this is now your new leader. <laughs> All right, Thank we you. got more. Absolutely, my pleasure. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Okay, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me highlight how Republicans are insane. Republicans literally, they want women to carry a dead fetus in their body. That's basically what they would like by way of policy, by way of legislation. So let me first take you to Indiana. Indiana State Representative wants to force women to carry non-viable fetuses to term, non-viable. Not living, cannot survive, cannot be birthed successfully. Still, they want this to be a reality that women have to face. This is an opinion based on a legislation dynamic presented. This is one of the bizarre assertions Republicans have recently made. Okay, at a recent Indiana state legislative session, Democratic State Representative Kerry Hamilton pressed Republican Jay Michael Davison on an amendment, on an amendment that would ban abortion even in cases of severe issues with the fetus, even if it would be stillborn, which means dead, not living, no life at all, no biological function. Here it is. I'm thinking about um, situations that all mothers might face here, and that is, say, at 17 weeks, I had an ultrasound and I was told that the um, fetus is failing to thrive and has no chance of survival. With this amendment, is it true that I would have to carry that fetus to term? Is that true? Could you rephrase the question? Sure. So I'm, I imagine I'm uh, pregnant, I'm 17 weeks pregnant, and I've learned that the fetus has, is not thriving and has no chance of survival. Um, it's, is it true under this amendment that I would have to carry that pregnancy to term? Yes. Okay, a couple of more questions. So who will pay for the funeral um, after the delivery of a dead or dying infant? I, I presume you or a trustee. Okay, so we're foisting that expense upon the grieving um, would-be mother. Um, so uh, one more question. Um, do you have any guidance as to how I would talk to my family or my young children about what I'm experiencing as I'm going through extreme trauma leading up to um, an, a, a delivery of a dead infant that they're... They're seeing me go through this pregnancy. Can you can you imagine the trauma there? Do you think there's a, a way to handle that that's that makes sense? 
well, I would simply say this. I, I don't think any of us um, are guaranteed tomorrow. All of us must accept uh, death as a consequence of life itself. And uh, that I would hope that you would uh, turn to your faith and, and your loved ones to help guide you through that and put faith and trust in uh, our creator, the almighty God. Wow, Representative Davison. Um, so he says that nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. Sir, the way you look, you don't look guaranteed the next hour. Now, that amendment actually failed. It did, thankfully, 65 to 35, that ridiculous amendment did fail. There's a separate exchange. Indiana Republican State Representative Karen Engelman, yes, an actual Karen, struggled when Democrat Rita Fleming asked her about banning abortion for child survivors of rape and incest. Here's that exchange. Representative Engelman, does this apply to a fifth grader who has been a victim of incest? It, it does, but I think it's harmful to put a minor in the position of being the new Jane Roe. The weight of whether or not we allow lives to be ended should not rest on the traumatized shoulders of a young rape survivor. No, they don't. They rest on the ridiculous shoulders of backwards ass politicians like yourself because you all create the policy, they do not. Now, there's another dynamic that must be highlighted. American Conservative Union Chair used the topic of abortion to deflect against criticism after conservative political action conference hosted a far right Hungarian individual who does not want racist to intermingle, here it is. But here's the other thing, which is I'm in Hungary, we're at CPAC Hungary, we're in Budapest. And all these people are talking about how racist conservatives are because of immigration or that. And I was like, how about this? How about in America, we stop killing our unborn children? You know, we're killing young unborn kids of color. More blacks are aborted than are allowed to live. I'm not for that, you're not for that. They are the biggest hypocrites. They say that we're the racists. Stop funding Planned Parenthood. Stop funding the genocide of that young black child, those kids of color. I wanna, I wanna embrace them into our civilization. They wanna give them a death sentence. One thing CPAC. Okay, so let me go ahead and educate you, sir. The federal government does not fund Planned Parenthood abortions. Uh, because of a law that was passed in the 1970s that prohibited such funding. In addition to that, you're also wrong about your statistics by saying that more black children are aborted than born. 100% inaccurate in that relay of bad information. Uh, he was talking about Prime Minister Orban, and let me give you some background to this far right nationalist he was referring to. Last week, a senior advisor resigned. After an address by the prime minister, she characterized as a pure Nazi speech. In it, the prime minister repeatedly denounced the idea of mixing races, okay? All right, amidst a crackdown on abortion rights in Florida, Governor Ron DeSatan 
suspended a Tampa prosecutor who said he would not prosecute abortion cases. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Thursday suspended Tampa's elected prosecutor, elected the people's choice, suspended this prosecutor, Andrew Warren, for pledging not to use his office to go after people who seek and provide abortions or on doctors that provide gender affirming care to transgender people. In his executive authority, DeSantis accused Warren of neglect of duty and incompetence as the state attorney of Hillsborough County. To take a position that you have veto powers over the laws of the state is untenable. DeSantis said at a press conference in Tampa, surrounded by law enforcement. Now I want to remind everybody, there's prosecutorial discretion, okay? So all prosecutors have prosecutorial discretion. DeSantis has taken this away. What are your thoughts here? It's so insane and it's tracking all across the country, not just isolated in one state or another. This is permeating in American culture by way of Republican legislatures and governors. Yeah, I just want to say like, as someone who would be dead now if it wasn't for access to abortion care, seeing these Republicans saying these disgusting things and just disregarding the very, very important aspect of healthcare that abortion is is a horrifying nightmare. I want them to keep their Bibles as far away from my uterus as as physically possible. Out of Atlanta, South Fulton to be exact, state of Georgia. An AT&T vendor selling AT&T fiber, knocks on the door. Black teenager responds by way of the ring video doorbell. He says, I have to wait for my dad, as any good teenager would say. And the AT&T worker decides to start calling the teenager the N-word. Here's the video. I'm with AT&T Fiber. I'm with AT&T Fiber. Okay, thanks for being The teenager was respectful, not only did he provide the context for why he could not engage in a conversation about AT&T Fiber, meaning his father was not home. He decided to obviously send this video to his dad. His dad was outraged, his dad was shocked. The AT&T worker not only used the N-word, but also decided to start singing the N-word in a black community where he's looking for black people to give him green dollars while being racist against the very community he needs commission from. There is is more. Let's go to the 16 year old. This 16 year old stand up individual, okay? His name is Montreal Godley, answered through the ring camera and said he needed to talk to his father first. He wasn't rude to the AT&T vendor. He didn't say get the hell off my property. He didn't say I do not have time for you. He said I have to talk to my father first. But that's when the man walked away and said thanks for being an N word. The man appears to use the derogatory term a second time as he sings it and walks toward the driveway. All right, let's go to the father. The father was in shock. Because of this, he was frustrated that his son had to experience it. His name is Aaron Godley. AT&T issued a statement, AT&T said, this vendor's behavior 
is vile and offensive and goes against everything we stand for as a company. We have zero tolerance for what happened today and the relationship with this vendor has been terminated. Let me give a big shout out to Crystal Bowie of CBS 46 News Atlanta who did a great job of doing the original reporting of this story and exposing this activity of the AT&T vendor. Rayvon, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, never let anyone say to you, uh, "Oh, I didn't mean it. It just slipped out. I was so angry. I was stressed. Whatever." There's no universe in which it's okay to ever say a racial slur. And if you're not a racist, you're. It doesn't slip out. It's That's never right. on your mind. It's never something that would come out of your mouth. So it's always the excuses that these people give. I'm just gonna preemptively say, don't let them use those excuses. Very well said. Always a pleasure, dear sister, having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, absolutely. You can check out my videos for Rebel HQ on Facebook and on YouTube. You can check out reactions on Twitch every Thursday at three. And then for updates, you can follow me on Twitter at Ravana TTV. Always good. All right, we got more on the other side. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in the bullpen today. We have former officer and noted commentator on things law enforcement and social, Mr. Brandon Tatum. Mr. Tatum, good day. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being back. So we're gonna chop it up about the new indictments. You have multiple indictments from the Department of Justice in relation to the murder and also scheme to cover up Brianna Taylor. I don't want to presume what you know or feel about this particular Department of Justice prosecution or theory of their indictment. So if you would provide us with your sentiment and I would then opine. Yeah, I think that the, the entire indictment in my personal opinion, seems like a witch hunt to me. However, there was a detective and an officer that appeared to have lied about information on the search warrant. They should be brought to justice, they should go to jail. Um, But there's two other individuals that are on this indictment that have no relation to the search warrant. They have no relation, or at least the the, uh, lies that that were spoken about on the search warrant, they have no relation to it. Brett Hankinson was already acquitted of the exact same charge that they're charging with on a federal level. And also the sergeant that's involved in this that I believe is not gonna be found guilty is another individual that I think that they engrafted into this to bolster their case and to create or continue what I would consider to be a witch hunt. So let me correct you on one dynamic, dear brother. Um, the officer that you just referenced who has been charged by the state crime and acquitted is not charged with that crime federally. He was charged with wanton endangerment by way of Daniel Cameron, the attorney general black male Republican who said he actually put in danger the neighbors of Miss Taylor. He was indicted for that wanton endangerment, which is a rarely used statute on the state books and was found not guilty. So when you say, that the federal government charged him with the same thing. The federal government does not have a wanton endangerment statute on the federal code. Are you aware of that? Well, I think that you're, you know, you're you're mincing words. It's How? Relatively, to me, it's relatively the same thing. It's relatively the same thing. They're trying okay. to portray that he was negligent 
in the shooting that he was involved in. And that's the same thing that they attempted to prosecute him on in a, I would argue, a more liberal uh, uh, state case. And then now they're trying to reactivate it on the federal level. I'm just saying based on my knowledge in law enforcement and based on my law, my knowledge of justice, he's not gonna be found guilty in federal court. This is a waste of time. They're okay. trying to engraft as many officers as they can to bolster their case. They got two people that are clearly appear to be in the wrong and they should be prosecuted. Now that's really interesting. So I'm gonna deal with your statement about the wanton endangerment in a moment. They're not the same, it's not the same charge, and it's not even the same theory. I will explain that to you in just a moment. You call this a witch hunt in the beginning of your commentary. And then you proceeded to say, however, 50% of the cops who have been arrested, all right, they should be arrested. You still stand by that. So that's not a witch hunt. You're saying that two of the cops that have been charged, they should have been charged based on the information that you have. Well, let me explain. Let okay. me explain what I'm saying by this. It's because when I when I say a witch hunt, I mean that they're engrafting more officers in to bolster a case. If they really wanted these individuals charged, they could have been charged on a state level. Or if you charge them on a federal level, just charge the two people that are involved in the crime in which you're pursuing and not try to add as many officers as you can, which are gonna which is gonna weaken the case and people are gonna be more upset because mm -hmm. only only probably two of these officers are gonna be indicted or at least be being found guilty. I believe one of them already pled guilty. So this is just another element that I believe the federal government is wasting taxpayer dollars on. They could go yeah. after the two individuals that they believe they have probable cause for. And the yeah. other two individuals, they're trying to stack it to bolster their case, which is, in my opinion, a witch hunt. So let's go through the elements here. You are a former member of law enforcement, so you do have an understanding of the law. Two individuals decided to engage not only in prerequisite false information, which is a violation of both of office. They lied on affidavits, provided false testimony. They also engaged in the cover up. So afterwards, when they met, decided to conspire in order to cover up the initial crime of faking the documentation to obtain the warrant. So that's one indictment. That indictment covers the, the cops who were involved in the paperwork prerequisite that led to the death of Breonna Taylor. The second indictment charges Detective Hankinson, as you mentioned. With the civil rights offense for firing his service weapon into the apartment. Now, here's the dynamic that I think you're missing. In the original state charge, the wanton endangerment was about reckless conduct and how that reckless conduct created a safety issue for those around Breonna Taylor and her then boyfriend. The scope of this federal indictment talks about the reckless conduct directly. At Miss Taylor, um, as an officer, let me ask you this: Have you ever, without verifying the identity and without a known threat, have you ever or known someone, one of your colleagues perhaps, that fired into an apartment, a house, a window that had curtains and knew not who they were firing upon? Has that ever happened to you? It's never happened to me. Let me let me bring this to light too. Is these everybody that's involved in this is presumed innocent until proven guilty. I just want to make the statement that it appears that they have probable cause to make the arrest that they've made, um, at least on two of them. I just want to make sure that's clear because people. Well, that's clear. They but may but not I would be like you to answer my question. They may about not be found guilty. But, but I'll, I'll answer your second question sure, about the behaviors that Brett Hankinson displayed was cleared already. They had determined that his actions were at least reasonable 
in no, the sir. scope of his explanation. That is now, incorrect. could it have endangered people? The answer would be it could have, but was it negligent? Was he, or did he have the intent to go and shoot through you don't need intent. to, to willfully shoot at a person that he could not see? That's not, no, that's not what happened. You're, you're incorrect on the law here, Mr. Tatum. I would encourage you to go and research the law. Well, the law does not require- I'm incorrect on the law, correct me exactly what you're speaking about because I, I read it, I read the indictment. I read the original case, I made videos well, about it. Well, if you it. read the indictment, you would have read that this was not an issue of it, of intent, but an it, issue it, of- in, in the indictment, it says that it says that his behavior and his intent led him to uh, shoot fire shots that were uh, unjustified. Knowingly, knowingly presenting a danger to um, the public presented danger to other people that are in the apartment okay, complex. Okay, sir, given I'm going to try. I only have into the into the residence. Right, Mr. Tatum, I only have a few minutes to correct the errors. So the more you talk, the more errors I have to correct. So first, uh, the indictment does not charge that the officer uh, intentionally tried to commit murder. That's why the officer is not actually charged with murder. Do you understand that? It's not. It's not murder because he never shot Brianna. That's okay. The reason do, why it's do not you murder understand there is no attempt to murder. There was no murder dynamic, and the reason is because there is no intent. You have to prove the intent element for murder Dr. to stick. So, Dr. So, Ritchie, allow, you're, not, allow me, you're not understanding um, the justice system. Sir, they, they don't you, have nothing you're to the charge one don't with. understand, dear brother. I'm trying to be patient with you and right. educate you, but give me about 60 seconds. I think I can do it within that time and give you the opportunity to respond. So, the officer, because of his negligence, known or should have known that firing inside of an apartment that he could not see and firing through a curtain and window that he could not see through would create an absolute danger to a citizen in this country. That's why I asked you specifically, have you ever done that before? Have you known any of your colleagues to do that before? And you have told me no, which means you know it's criminal. Your no, colleagues know it's criminal. It's not Sir, true. Have you? So you you've never done it. You don't know any other cop that has done it. Well, this cop he, did it. When and you're when, saying it's not criminal. When Hankinson, when Hankinson did it, was he found guilty in the court of law? Sir, he was charged with wanton endangerment of a neighbor. He was never so what, charged. So was his actions Sir? endangering anybody? Sir, according to Sir. according Sir. to the charge, this is very simple. All right, let me take you back to elementary school. The officer in question has never been charged with the crime in relationship to Breonna Taylor, number one. Number two, the federal government has concurrent jurisdiction to investigate and to prosecute crimes in the United States of America. They decided to charge this cop with the absolute negligence created and with the shooting inside of her apartment, not knowing or establishing the target whatsoever. You have already admitted this is not normative behavior. You've never done it. Your colleagues never have never done it. I never said. I said that I've never done it. I don't know any person have done something specific right. like that. But clearly, there's articulable reasons why he did the shooting in the way in which he did it because <laughs> he went. They charged him. What the hell he are you talking about, 
So let's go back to the original charge of wanton endangerment since you want to keep it there. You are aware that it doesn't matter if he was found guilty or not guilty of that particular element of a crime external of Miss Taylor, external of Miss Taylor's apartment that has no bearing on the Department of Justice willing to take a charge or willing to allocate a charge or grand jury serving a charge up as it relates to her apartment. You do understand the difference here with the jurisdictions, right? What I'm telling you is that he's not gonna be found guilty because there's already a case that was tried. And you gotta think of how they tried That has the nothing to do he was, he was tried, with the new he was case tried that is being brought. peers that are not favorable to him. On a federal level, okay. they're gonna draw this from peers ridiculous. That are a lot more favorable to Brett Hankinson oh. in his original so trial. This isn't about guilt or innocence. This is about some jury members being favorable to him. It, it, it will be. I'm, I'm just telling you. But that's what you're saying. You're, you're not saying this is no, about his guilt or you're innocence. You're trying to create you just arguments. Said, no, listen. sir. You just said this was about a jury being what, favorable to him. What, you what said I'm that. saying, listen. This is how this is how the justice system works. They're okay. going to draw from a person a particular jury pool, okay. right? And the jury pool was was incredibly liberal. More, more than likely, they were Do not. You, are you aware of the jury pool this federal government? You're going to draw, draw from more conservative, liberal, uh, conservative. I, I don't even know where you get that from. The jury and pool, and, and I guarantee you, he's sir. not going to get charged. Well, sir, he's already charged. I mean, he's not going to get found. He's not going to be found guilty. Okay. So you do realize that the jury pool has expanded because of the jurisdiction of the federal government. It's not a limited jury pool, it's more of an expanded jury pool. And before I go, brother, I just want to ask you which this question. Which makes it different. Really quick you question. You expand from Kentucky brother, as a whole. Question. It's more favorable. Is it wrong, sir, is it wrong for a police officer to shoot inside of an apartment without having eyes on the target and shooting through windows that are closed and doors they cannot see through? Is that right or wrong? It depends. No shots being fired, no established contact with the target, no weapons, no threats, no nothing. Is, contact with the target. Sir, is, the target, that, is that legal or illegal? In the doorway. Is he that legal or illegal? He identified the target in the doorway. He moved his position to the window, which he knew in a he general area where he was shooting at. Brother, and he was found not warrant, guilty. The target was drugs and money. No, it wasn't. Did you know that? Sir, not, in the warrant they signed, the target was drugs and money, which by the way, they found zero. Well, you, you see, this is why this is why people like me are doing what I do. The they what, had Brianna Taylor is a, is a, was the, was Cat the original Nancy. target. There's a person right. on the warrant, and then there's a warrant for search. I when do. She was shot. It. He was in her boyfriend yeah. was sitting in the house for about 15 minutes before they ever came in to rescue okay, Brianna. Sir. There was a potential that they could have uh, flushed they, drugs and all kinds of other different things. A young woman who was innocent or not. Excuse, say, say that again. Did they murder a young woman who was innocent? Should be alive today? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't see it that way. I see it gotcha. that she was killed. Why did they cover it? It was up? unfortunate. Why did they cover it up? It's not. You see, you you you're you admitted. Cover up. Why did they cover it up, brother? There's not a. They covered it up. There's two different why, elements here. There's why the did people they cover who executed it up? the warrant. There's people who executed the okay. warrant who actually shot you're her. You're not going to answer the question. And then there's people who I were trapped you. in the warrant that had nothing to do with Thank the execution you, of the warrant. We'll bring you back when I have more time. I got another show I got to get to. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.